And what we need to teach them is that they can tolerate pain. Yeah. They can do it. Right. If we say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep distracting you so you don't feel your pain. We're fragilizing them. Yeah. We're treating them that in a way that we don't think they can handle it. But Carrie, I'm scared because I don't think they can handle it. They can. Hey girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Suicide rates are on the rise, and now teens are needing our help more than ever. In our last episode, our guest, Carrie Toole, took us through what parents need to know about self-harm. We decided we needed to give you way more information because we want to help you and take you all the way through the entire process. And so I'm so thankful, Carrie, that you have agreed to come on episode two <laughs> and, and really help us, really help us parents because a lot mm-hmm. of parents right now, I'm going to tell you, I know they're struggling. I know they're struggling mm-hmm. because I find it sometimes hard for me to say I'm a therapist because people yep. with kids will start all of a sudden asking me, a whole lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm seeing it personally mm-hmm. and I'm seeing it here in my office professionally, mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. for damn sure I want to go ahead and make sure I help these women out and exactly. better than you to go oh. ahead and help me who's like certified in and out to the next level <laughs> dialectical behavioral specialty training certification, yes. which is like you have to literally work your ass off to get oh that Oh my treat, God. Seriously. Right? Seriously. Like I was so scared going in to take the test. You have to videotape sessions and yes, they, like yes. DBT experts are going to watch your therapy sessions to make sure you're doing DBT right. It's terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. So in today's conversation, today's episode, we are going to be talking about how to help. You're going to give us information and mm-hmm. tools and resources on how to help our teens who are cutting. Yes. So you're going to give us all this information. I want to go into, you know, kind of picking back a little bit on what we covered with the last, last episode. Mm -hmm. One question I often get, and I'm sure you do too. Mm -hmm. Is it that bad? I mean, Mm -hmm. she just cut a few times, right? She doesn't really need therapy. Right. And then Mm -hmm. like, I mean, why would I take her to therapy? She just cut a few times. Right. It's not that big of a deal. Right. And, it's a I fad. Mean, said, all the kids are doing it. All the kids are doing it. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. she's not going to, she told me she's not going to cut again. And right. I'm scanning her body. I've taken mm-hmm. away her phone. I've done all of the things. She's not going to do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why right. is this a big don't? Why would right. this fall under hell? No. 
this is a huge don't. Why would this fall under that category? Right. Because what that approach would be signaling to your child is that that behavior is, and I'm using air quotes, bad. Yep. That this is something you are being punished for. Yeah. Right? So you're being punished, you, the child, you're being punished because your emotions are too big and you don't know how to regulate them. So you're in trouble. Yeah. You just had an aha. Hell yes, I had an aha. And one of the main, (laughs) one of the main reasons why I had an aha is because that is so hard for Mm -hmm. parents to process. It has to be something I could fix. It has Mm -hmm. to be something I could fix because if I can't fix it, Carrie, Mm -hmm. if I can't take away the phone, Mm -hmm. if I can't take away the friends, if I can't take away, you know, her personal space, right? then what am I going to do? Right. I don't know how, what to do with this. How can I protect my kid? How do I protect my... I'm her mom. Right. Right? Right. And what does this mean about me as a mom? Yes. Right? Yes. Am I screwing this up so bad? And sometimes that guilt that we have, who has mom guilt? We all do. Right? Amen. Every right? Day. Every day. Right? And so if we think that we're somehow, you know, screwing up our kids, yeah. we're... If we have high sensitivity, because it is genetic, right? Like we might have a big reaction and, you know, go to those more behavioral consequence-based types things because we're trying to protect our kids. Absolutely. Right? We just don't know what else to do, Mm -hmm. right? And because we've been told by, you know, parenting experts or other people, right, that, oh, like if you... If you validate the behavior or you enable the behavior, and that's not what this is. No. Right? In terms of the approaches that we're going to talk about. Yep. Where it's really, the the main key is being able to validate the emotion, not the behavior. Yeah. Right? We don't say to the kid, oh yeah, cutting is a coping skill, go ahead. Yeah. Right? Or like, yeah, okay, fine, keep doing it. Right? We're not we're not validating that behavior. Bingo. We're validating the emotion. The emotion. The exactly. emotion. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. The behavior definitely, you know, is probably unjustified, well, right? Yeah. Definitely yeah. a problem. Definitely unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that that emotion, mm-hmm. that emotion we have to validate because the minute we don't validate it, mm-hmm. now we're it separating, gets. right? It, we're separating ourselves from our child. Right. And our child now sees us as one more person that refuses right. to accept them. Right. 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 And especially during the adolescent years, during the puberty years, where it's their job to individuate from us. Yep. That's developmentally what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Right. And that sensitivity is especially directed toward us as Absolutely. parents. Right. Like if they say they hate you, it means you're doing your job right. Yep. Right. So you can still validate the emotions and set limits on the behavior or any behavior. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about what would you say are the common mm -hmm. mistakes parents make and Mm -hmm. why? So most common mistakes I see parents talk about when they come in, um, they, they want to make it better. Yeah. They want to rush to find the solution. They want to fix it. Of course they do. Of course they do. It's heartbreaking to watch your child suffer yeah. and not know what to do. So, yeah. so many parents will come in with their own worries, their own anxieties and say, well, what happened? What happened at school? I'm going to call the teacher or I'm going to send an email or what happened with this friend group? I'm going to call their parent, da, da, da. 
right? And so what that's messaging to the child is like, you have to identify what the problem, air quotes, is so we can fix it. Yeah. Right? So you shouldn't be feeling the way you're feeling is the message. Yeah. What what you're feeling is a problem. It needs to be fixed. Absolutely. Yep. Right? And so, you know, and with some kids, again, that's fine. It works. They can do it, right? With these high sensitivity kids, we need to give them space to explore what they're feeling. Yeah. Because they're just trying to figure it out, right? And as they hit puberty, different parts of their brains are coming online, right? Yeah. The emotion center of the brain is suddenly like, yeah, right? Huge like neural activity going on there that had not been happening before. Absolutely. So they and the frontal lobe part of the brain, the the for, where your forehead is basically, that part of the brain that's basically like the brakes, mm-hmm. right? That says, hang on, let me think this through. Do I have all the facts? What could this really mean? Right? That part of the brain is not fully formed until you're 25. Amen. Amen. A lot right. of a lot of a lot of parents don't understand that. Right, right. They don't well, understand that. Yeah, I mean, think, well, eighteen one, is majority, right? Right. You're, yeah, I think that's so important for us to know because mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, I want you guys to think about for you. When did you realize you needed therapy? Most <laughs> of you will say, "Well, shit." When I was 25, 26, mm-hmm. 30, yes. And the reason mm-hmm. why you experienced that is because of what Carrie just said. That prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. That ability to think rationally and to truly mm-hmm. problem solve. We don't right. have that. Right. And so these kids are walking around this world mm-hmm. completely, completely driven by emotions mm-hmm. and what they're being modeled. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. And that's all they have to go on th- onto this world, right? Right. And if they're a high sensitivity kid, right? Oh, we talk yeah. about, we use the analogy of it's like trying to navigate the world with a third degree burn yeah. all the time. Right. Like things that, you know, I could bump into a chair and that if you don't have this high sensitivity, you kind of bounce off and you go on with your day. Yep. But if you have this emotional third degree burn, this emotional sensitivity and you bump into a chair, it's excruciating. Yeah. Right. And so we, as the parent, right, we have to be our child's frontal lobe for a while yep. and teach them how to build it. And kids with high sensitivity need a little extra support in this way. Yes. Right? So we need to teach them how to say, this is the emotion I'm feeling. Yeah. And other people may not get it and tell me that I shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling. And that's okay because my emotion's mine. Yeah, absolutely. And- it it makes sense to me. Yep. Yep. Right? If we can teach our kids how to just do that, we're good. Yep. So we're let's good. go there. Let's go yeah. there. Mm-hmm. How can so how can we as parents help mm-hmm. our teens? How can we help our teens who are cutting? What mm-hmm. and and you're I want I want you to go through like what would you say are the top 5 things parents mm-hmm. can do right now to help their teens who are cutting? Yeah. So validation is number one, right? Validation, 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 right? To be able to say to someone, 
it makes sense that you're feeling what you're feeling, mm-hmm. right? And to sit with it. So there are actually in DBT, there are six levels of validation. So I'm not going to go through every single one here, but e- even the most basic of just be present mm-hmm. as a parent, which is so hard because we want to run I was it just and we want to fix. You. I, yeah. how, sometimes I want to just shake the shit out of them, right? Because I'm like, right, just exactly. listen to me. Right. You would just listen to me. You would get it. Right. You know, exactly. not in a crazy abusive way, but just right, like, right, right. it's so hard. It is right. so hard to see your kids struggling. Right. Right. And we Especially have been when through they're it. Yes. yes. And we have been through it. We do yes. have things we could teach them. And if they would only just listen, but then they're, we're teaching them to do it our way. Yeah. Not their way. Yeah. And they need to learn how to do it their way. Right. So what we do is we give them the tools to figure out, we give them the map, we give them the guidance, right? We ask the questions, what is this like for you? Right. To just hold space, to just be present. Right. So I was doing a parent group with, um, a, a bunch of parents and one mom who's who was a fixer, right? And so she, we talked about being present and just holding space for her yeah. child. And she came back the following week and she said like her child had had a big outburst, was in her room sobbing. And the mom went against her instinct to try to fix it and just sat on her kid's bed as her kid cried. Yeah. Sounds like torture, right? No, as a parent, as a therapist, I'm like, oh my god, I love her. Thank goodness she was able to do that. As a parent, though, it's yes, you're. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks to feel your kid in pain like that and just be there. So let's go. Can we make this real? Can we make? Let's go to make this real. So let me give you some examples because, you know, obviously you and I both work with kids, Um, and this one, this one I know is a very triggering one. Mm. Our kids cutting, right? Mm -hmm, So my kids mm -hmm. cutting. And I know my kid's cutting and I don't know what to do. I don't have any skills, right? And she said she wouldn't do it anymore. So I'm fine with that. But there's still a part of me that's like, holy shit, is she cutting? Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm walking on eggshells. I'm trying to be mindful of everything I say and trying to make sure I keep my husband quiet because he can't say shit because <laughs> he always fucks it up for us, right? And um, Same. Right? Same, right, right? girl. Same. So just stay quiet. Just <laughs> let me do all of it. We'll deal with your emotions later. I told my husband with my daughter, just don't talk to her for the next five years. (laughs) Just don't. Right? So listen, ladies, even as therapists, we we hear you. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to give you a scenario. So my daughter comes home. Her, Mm -hmm. um, and it's not my daughter, but just in general. I'm just giving you a story. Um, One that I hear all the time. My daughter comes home. Her boyfriend just broke up with her. Son of a bitch. He was such an asshole anyway. Hated that kid, right? Mm. But he broke up with her and now she wants to talk to all of her friends, but she wants to go to Sally. And Sally's the one who's also cutting. I don't want her Mm -hmm. to talk to Sally. That's Mm -hmm. the last person I want her to talk to because she's going to get ideas. She's going to get ideas and then she's going to cut. So I keep her downstairs and I keep her with me and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to go ahead and come up with every single topic to have a conversation about. Mm. And then I'm talking to her and why in the hell is she giving me attitude? I'm mm-hmm. here with her. Why is mm-hmm. she giving me attitude? And I'm trying to bite my teeth or bite my tongue and I'm just staying quiet. Just stay quiet. Just stay quiet. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're going to watch this together. And then I say one thing. Mm-hmm. She and rips she's like, head off. this is why I don't talk to you. This is why I don't talk to you. And she storms upstairs. Yep. She storms upstairs. Yep. One thing that I, I, a lot of moms don't say, but I could hear it in their voice is, mm-hmm. 
fuck. It's my yeah. fault. Yeah. I just, she's going to go upstairs and cut, son of a bitch. So I run upstairs and what are you going to do? It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Why can't you just keep it together? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just keep it together? It's not that big of a deal. He was an asshole anyway. And there's no way in hell I'm going to let you talk to Sally because the minute you talk to Sally, you already know what's going to happen. So I'm going to stay here in your room and we're going to go through this together. Right, right. So with that scenario, which is a very, right? How many times do we hear mm-hmm. this scenario? Oh, all the time. Every all hour, All the time. Right? Yep, yep, yep. So with mm-hmm. this scenario, mm-hmm. pretend I'm the parent. Yep. Take me through it. Yep. Yep. So what so, are things that I could have done different? What, what? Right. What did I do wrong? What do I need to do better? Right, right. So first, again, yeah. you did the best you could mm-hmm. in the situation you were in right? You didn't have the skills. You were trying to protect your child, right? Trying to keep her close, right? So, you know, being able to validate the parents for, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, right? And by trying to distract, trying to like keep the kid from doing what the kid wanted to do to process Mm -hmm. their emotions, right? Whose emotions are we actually dealing with right now? We're dealing with the moms. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Yeah. Which again is understandable. Yep. It's terrifying, Mm -hmm. right? And you're doing everything you can to protect your kid. And we can deal with that. Yeah. But that needs to go on the back burner. Yep. Your emotions as a parent needs to go on the back burner. They're valid. They totally make sense. I'm here for it, right? But it's not about you right now. Exactly. It's not about you right now, Your Mama. Your frontal lobe is fully formed. Yep. Your child's frontal lobe is not. Yeah. So we need to put the kids learning first, right? And what we need to teach them is that they can tolerate pain. Yeah. They can do it. Right? If we say, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to keep distracting you so you don't feel your pain," we're fragilizing them. Yeah. We're treating them that in a way that we don't think they can handle it. But Carrie, I'm scared because I don't think totally. that they can handle it. They can. And what am I they- supposed to do? What am I supposed Am I just supposed to sit there? Yep. Uh-huh. Exactly. Sit there. Yep. Go into your kids' room and just sit. What if she doesn't want me there? What if she kicks me out? Okay, then then leave. Come back in fifteen minutes, right? What if she and you cuts know what? Again, right? Then she what cuts she again, cu- right? And well, that the thing right there, is, mm-hmm. beautiful. I'm so glad you said that. Then she yeah. cuts again. If mm-hmm. everything about that sucks, everything yeah. about that sucks. What your work? I want to make sure I highlight this. What you're working on isn't for. Just this moment right now. Exactly. Right now, what you're saying, and I want to make sure I highlight this because people are going to be like, what the, Veronica, who the, what are you doing? Right? <laughs> what do you mean she cuts Who's again? Who's that crazy lady you Who's have the on there? Crazy? Right? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I want to make sure I, I, I explain this. Mm-hmm. The reason why you're saying this is because mm-hmm. it's a small moment. Correct. But what you're working on and what you're trying to teach me as the, you know, client Mm-hmm. is we're working on something for the rest of our lives. Exactly. Tell me, so keep going. Right, so, right. So she so cuts if, shit. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that, Carrie. Right, 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 right. So so if she cuts, she cuts, right? That's That's the behavior she's leaning on right now, right? This intervention 
of being able to just sit with emotions, she's going to look at you like you have six heads at first, mm-hmm. right? Especially if this is not something you've ever done before, Yeah. right? She's going to think you're weird. What are you doing? You're so strange. Get out of here. I don't want to talk to you, right? So mm-hmm. it's going to have to be what we really need to be doing as parents of high sensitivity kids is not waiting for the crisis to then validate. Thank you. We need to be doing it all the time, yeah. right? Because if we only tell our kids that our emotions are valid when they're in crisis, mm-hmm. what are they going to learn? Yep. That yep. I need to go into crisis in order to get validation, right? So on a daily basis, mm-hmm. we need as parents to be able to say to our kids, what's that like for you? That really sucks. Man, I wish that it wasn't happening for you. Where do you feel that in your system? Tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. What happened when this thing and then that they said that? What was that like for you? Mm -hmm. Right? To just ask the questions. Because that's how kids figure out what their true experience is. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These questions that you're coming up are so mm-hmm. great. So mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, write them down. Write them, write <laughs> all of these damn questions. Rehearse in the mirror. Use this on your husband. Mm-hmm. It totally you right works. Now. You want him to Co-workers. talk, girl. Yep. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Mm-hmm. You want to build relationships? She just saw, She just gave you a quick crash course, right? <laughs> so with these questions, how mm-hmm. do I come up with them on my own? Because mm-hmm. it sounds like what you're saying, Carrie – Mm-hmm. You're coming from a place of curiosity. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I come up with them every now and then, Carrie. I come up with them every now and then. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. Yes. Why yes. is that curiosity so important? Right. Because you're more open. Mm. Right. When you have when you have this fear and need to fix it, it's coming from a place of judgment. Yes. And your kid is gonna feel that. Right. And it's not intentional. It's not what you're trying to do. Right. But what the kid is reading is that these emotions are wrong and I need to not feel them. I'm not supposed to be feeling them. Right. When we come with a approach of curiosity, what we're showing our kid is that we can have these emotions. We've all felt hurt. We've all felt scared. We've all felt ashamed. And good, good that we have those emotions. Can you imagine if we were all walking around never feeling shame again? Yeah. It'd be a shit show. Yeah. Right? We need these emotions. Yeah. We need these emotions to guide us. The unfortunate thing is when you have this sensitivity superpower, your emotions don't whisper to you. They scream. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So we have to teach our kids with even more intention, how to tune into those emotions themselves. And the only way we can, we can't tell them how they're feeling. Yeah. Right. Although sometimes we try, right. And yeah. that, that's mm-hmm. usually, it blows up in our face. Right. Amen. Yep. All the time. Every right. Time. <laughs> right. So I'll ask, I'll ask. I'm like, so are you feeling nervous? Right. With genuine curiosity. Right. Or, you know, were you a little, you know, comfortable when that happened, right? Where, you know, I have in my, the back of my head, I'm like, okay, we got to talk about this, that, and the other thing, right? 
But if I approach it like that with my kid, they're going to blow up. So I have to approach like I know nothing. So I call it um, the Columbo method. Did you ever watch that TV show as a kid? No, no. No. So it's this detective show in the eighties and Peter Falk, I think was the actor. And he played this like bumbling detective that kind of portrayed like he didn't know what he was doing. And then at the end he was like, he pulls it all together and it was kind of like a a performance in a way. Right. That, so as the parent, we need to almost be ignorant in a way. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yes. Right. Because we know how we would respond in that situation. Your, your child is not you. No. Your child is trying to figure their own selves out right now. So let's be curious about your child's experience and help them figure out what they are feeling, what they are thinking. And it's okay if they can't identify it. Yeah. We, we can sit in silence and just hold space for that. Yeah. Right. Cause that allows them to have those emotions cause they're going to come anyway. Yep. Right. Yep. And if we hold space for it and we say, it's okay to feel what you're feeling, it's not a bad thing. It's your system trying to tell you something. Yeah. Right. So let's hear it. Let's get in tune with it. Let's get in touch with it. Oh my God, Carrie. I'm you're like a, you're like a snake charmer right now. I'm like, okay, I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you everything. What do you want to, what do you want me to tell you? I'll tell you all of it. <laughs> Does this qualify as a therapy session? Do I owe you money after this? <laughs> this one's on the house. We're good. <laughs> so we have validation. Yes. What other things should we be doing? Yes. What other things yes. can we be doing to help our teens right. who are cutting? Right. So there's some very concrete things that I like to teach parents in one of the very first sessions I have with them, either in my parent group or like parent um, coaching or family therapy. Um, there's three words I want okay. you to take out take out of your vocabulary right now. Yeah. Okay. First is the word but. Yes. I know you're working really hard, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That but is a kick in the teeth. Yeah. Totally. Right? It completely invalidates that first part of what you just said, right? Yeah. So think of your own, you know situation, you're going to a friend talking about something that's really upsetting you and they say, oh, I know you're really feeling sad, but. Yeah. Or I love you, but. But. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It hurts, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. You're waiting like, oh shit, what did I do? Where's the other part? Mm -hmm. Right. You just feel, have this sinking feeling, right? That, oh, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, the fact that I'm hurting doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Right. So. What I want you to do is to replace the word, but still say the sentence. I know you're working really hard, but you got to, you know, we got to look at this differently, right? Yeah, yeah. Take out the word, but, and replace it with the word and. Mm -hmm. I know you're working really hard and we got to look at this differently. Yeah. Doesn't that sound so much more? Yeah realistic and bad. Well, it sounds motivating. Yeah. It sounds motivating. It's like, oh yeah, you know what? Never looked at it from that perspective. Yeah, right. we should, you know, right. Let's do right. it. Right. Because we're acknowledging the both and. Yep. We're not invalidating the emotions. We're saying, yes, you're hurting and, and. we can do something different mm-hmm. and we can use a skill and we can figure something out. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So taking out that word, but 
and replacing it with the word and is going to create a huge shift in your communication. And you can do that right now. The minute parents start adopting that habit, mm-hmm. and they'll, I, I even find that they'll, they'll correct themselves in, in mm-hmm. here, you know, mm-hmm. and the minute they start to do that, all mm-hmm. of a sudden their child is doing the same thing. Mom, yeah. I worked as hard as I could and mm-hmm. I got a C on my test yep. and I got a D on my test, you know, but right. it, it, it's just so amazing kind of watching yep. that happen. Yep. Yep. It's contagious. Yep. Oh, it so is. And I love doing it in, in my teen groups. They'll just start doing this naturally because it does feel so much more validating of yeah. pain and growth, right? To the to the effects that, you know, I've had so many clients write their college essays, college application, application essays about DBT and or they're writing a paper for their class and and they can't write the word but in their paper because it's just so like ingrained in them now <laughs> that it's an invalidation. So Yeah. So that's yeah. one word, okay? Okay. The second word is the word should. Mhm. Right? Because that word feels really kind of judgy, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? So you should feel differently about this. You should be able to look at this this way. You should be able to handle this. You should wear that outfit, not this outfit, right? There's always a little, it, there's a tinge of like judginess to that word. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's also a form of like an expectation I'm placing on somebody, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. That my opinion or my, my desires here are more important than yours. Bingo. Right. Yes. Right. So, you know, I joke with a lot of parents and I, and I wasn't the one to come up with this, but like, you know, when you're, there's a lot of shooting involved and you're shooting on your kid, get it, get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And your kid is then shooting on themselves. Yeah. Right. And that's not a fun place to be. I shouldn't feel this way. Right. We're judging ourselves now. Right. Yeah. So take that word should right out of your vocabulary. No more shooting on anyone, right? Gotcha. And I betcha, moms, you're doing it to yourself. Yes. Every aren't day, you? all day. Mm-hmm. Right. And your kid is watching it. Yeah. Right? So a lot of the times, if we start doing these types of validations and changes for ourselves, we're modeling it for our kid. They're watching us. Yeah. Love right? it. Right? Love and it. so this is how we can intervene without it being a really concrete intervention. We're changing yeah. the environment, right? Absolutely. The, the third word I want to take you, have you take out of your vocabulary is the word understand. Hmm. Because how could someone ever fully understand someone else's experience, right? Like, I know we say it to be compassionate. Therapists say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, I understand how you're feeling. Bullshit, you do. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what your kid's gonna say to you. I love right? how you said that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? You can't. How could you ever? Could you ever? Right? So I'll reframe it because I want to be validating. But if I say I understand, it's actually an invalidation. So mm. And this is one of the like the the like light bulb moments that I had in therapy school where my professor was telling us this, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yep, big big time. So since you know twenty some odd years ago, I have not been using the word understand when I'm talking to someone about their emotions, right? Even as I understand how you feel, no, you don't. I understand what you're saying. Ah, uh, nope. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying. I see where you're coming from. 
That makes sense. I can appreciate that. Right? I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm smelling (laughs) what you're stepping in. Right? There are all kinds of different ways that we can acknowledge that we're we're hearing what the other person's saying without saying, I understand. Yeah. Right? So those are the three terms I want people to take out of their vocabulary right now. Right? Yep. Yep. And then let's see, what else? So we have that. So validation. Yes. Step two is take out those three words. Take out those should, three words. But understand. And understand. Okay. Right? All right. Yep. Step three. Um, stop trying to fix it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would put that over the, um, f- um, I would put the stop trying to fix it over the validation. However, I know better. That mm-hmm. validation is very, very important. That one has mm-hmm. to stay number one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's tell, number one tell, me more. tell me yeah. more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Why, why not fix? Right. Because the fixing is telling the kid that what they're experiencing is wrong. Right. And that we don't think that they can handle it. We don't yes. think they can tolerate it. They're not capable. There's no way you're capable of handling right. it. You need mommy. Right, right, exactly. And then what yeah. are we doing? We're enabling them and we're teaching them that they can't rely on their own strengths. So they're going to have to rely on us. Yeah, which is a form of invalidation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of tough love. Yep. Right. It's a little bit of tough love to the kid. It's a lot of tough love to ourselves to not race in and fix it for them. Oh, it's right? so hard. It's it so is. hard. It's so hard. I want to kick the shit out of any guy that's over here breaks my daughter's heart. Right. You know? Mm-mm. Yep. Mm-mm. Yep. God, Absolutely. It is. It is. So, but when we try to like problem solve for them, yeah, we're teaching them to rely on us. Yeah. Not, not themselves. Yes. They've got to learn how to do this their way. And it sucks to sit on the sidelines and watch it happen, right? But we can ask the questions. We can say, what's this like? What are you learning from this situation? What'd you learn about this in this relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Right? What'd you learn about yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? What lessons can we take from this? Bingo. I I use that on my kids all. Mm -hmm. What lessons? Mm -hmm. You know? After I've asked them, is this something you want me to help you with? Is this yeah. something you want feedback with? Right. Or is this something you just want me to listen? Right. And yesterday with Aaliyah, my oldest, I, I want to make sure I highlight why these things are so important. Mm-hmm. And I do practice this. Um, yesterday, you know, Aaliyah was struggling and she's like, Mom, I don't want to talk about it. And Aaliyah is very much mm-hmm. like, you tell her, and she's like, she's like, okay, Mom, I'll do it, right? right. It just works. She doesn't have that high sensitivity component. Right, right, right. Um, and you know, we walked into her, you know, I walked into her room and, and me and um, Aubrey walked into her room and she just went in the closet. And so she was in there and mm-hmm. it was like, all right, you know, you're not ready to talk. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. okay. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be right here. Exactly. You know, so she was in the closet. Me and Aubrey were on the bed and then Brooklyn joined us and we were mm-hmm. all on the bed watching TikToks, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, my husband came home mm-hmm. and he, you know, I sent him a text message kind of telling him what was going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Sat in the room and just watched TikToks. None of us said anything. And I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you right now, I, everything about it sucks because it's like, people pay me money to help. Yeah. <laughs> people pay me good money to help. I could, I could help. If anybody right. could help, I could help. Right. And it's like, no, mama, shut up. 
mm-hmm. and just and there was a point where you know we were in there for I'm gonna tell I'm gonna be honest we were in there for a couple hours but after mm-hmm. like an hour I ended up um, laying right by the door mm-hmm. and I was there for 30 minutes and then mm-hmm. I opened the door I didn't say anything. Yep. I opened the door and I just laid down so she wouldn't slam the door on my face. <laughs> um, and I laid down and that was a little bit of time. And then a little mm-hmm. bit of time after that, I started playing with her earlobe and she let me. And her, mm-hmm. I was laying this way and her head was on my shoulders, laying the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And when she was ready, mm-hmm. she yeah. talked. Yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. And they, it could be met with no talking at all, ladies. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So this is, not a word. It's so important not to fix because if I would have fixed right. it, all oh, the damage. Right. All the damage. Right, right. Because you it would have been teaching her to do things your way. Yes. And yes. to manage your emotions. Yep. Not yep. to allow her to have her own process with her emotions. Yeah. Right. Damn and that, and to have part. the connection. I hate this part. I know it does suck. It hurts. It's so hard. Right. And in that silence, in that however long it takes of silence, you're holding space for them. You're giving them permission to yeah. feel their feelings. Right. And if they're feeling their feelings, they're hearing that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that is the thing that prevents kids from turning to behaviors like self-harm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? When they're given the message that it's okay to feel what you feel. Right? And we'll deal with the we'll deal with the situation. We'll ha- come up with a strategy, we'll figure out what to say to so and so, right? We'll do that, right? Let's just feel it right now. Yeah. Right? So if we rush in and try to fix it and jump over that experiencing and just go to fixing, Right, we're telling the kids suppress the emotion. Yeah, and right? I have to admit, Carrie, that that's easier to do with Aaliyah, and mm. all of our kids are different. But I yeah. want to make sure I highlight this: it's easier to do with Aaliyah and Brooklyn than it mm. is with Aubrey. Mm. And the, and I know that because of being a clinician, I know that the reason why it's easier for me to do it for Aaliyah and Aub- or Brooklyn is mm-hmm. because it doesn't trigger that insecurity that I'm yeah. feeling as a mom. Mm-hmm. With Aubrey, because mm-hmm. I know for damn sure she ain't going to let me fix it. And I know for <laughs> damn sure she definitely will. She's very, you know, she's very sensitive. Mm-hmm. It triggers so much inside of me and that mm-hmm. I have to be consciously aware of. Right. I have to, because like you said, it ain't about you, mama. It mm-hmm. sucks, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in therapy when it's just you and me, right. but it's about her. Right. It is about her. I know looking for the right therapist can be challenging. However, feeling overwhelmed and disconnected is even harder. Life is filled with several twists and turns, some more severe than others. We do our best to handle them as they come and find ourselves at a loss, not knowing what to do, or who to turn to. The clinicians here at Outside the Norm Counseling are here to help. We are here to assist you through this time of need. Together, we will identify your strengths and goals and teach you healthy coping skills. Together, we will develop a plan to help you live the life you want to live. Our team is compassionate, genuine, and we take a great deal of pride in providing an empathetic, non-judgmental approach to all of our clients. It's time. You've waited long enough whether it be for you, 
your child, or if you're in need of a couple session, we are highly trained clinicians ready to guide you. Schedule an appointment now by calling 951-395-3288. Again, that number is 951-395-3288. We're looking forward to meeting you and being a part of your journey. So let's go to step four. Okay. Let's see. What? Okay. So step four is that it is okay for you as the parent to make the first move to create change. So, so many times we get clients and families coming in and, you know, in therapy terms, the child is the quote unquote identified patient, right? And the parent is saying, well, they need to fix this. They need to stop doing this. And all those things are true, right? Yeah. And the parent will sometimes like roll up to the door of my office and like <laughs> so the, kid, the kid tumbles out and like the parent goes shopping and comes back, you know, 45 minutes to an hour later. That. Right. I'm going to try right. to do that. Right. Get your ass back in here. Get your ass back in here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That. And, and parents can get so, so frustrated because kids are scared. They're scared to try new things. They're scared to do this therapy thing. They're scared to feel their feelings because it friggin' sucks. Mm -hmm. It is so painful to feel this stuff. They don't want to do it. And I don't blame them. It's awful. It's awful. Right. And so parents are like, you got to do better. You got to, you got to stop doing this. You got to be happy. You got to do these things, right. Trying to get the kid to change. Yeah. But the parents not changing any of their own behaviors yet. Yeah. So I kind of look at um, there's this thing called family homeostasis, and I like to use this image when I talk to parents. That imagine that your family, imagine that there's like a bowling ball on the ground, mm-hmm. right? And then there's this like sheet of plywood on top of it, right? And all of your family members are standing on this sheet of plywood, right? It's reinforced; it can hold the weight. Um, not the best image, but whatever we're going with it. Right. So imagine that all your family members are standing on this sheet of plywood that is on a bowling ball. Right. So it's going to be wobbly. Mm -hmm. Right. And everyone finally like kind of finds their balance and where everything's stable and people aren't falling over and you're not being flipped upside down. Right. Yeah. That's what family homeostasis is. Right. Where you kind of figure out what's your role, where do you stand, where do you fit? And if you make too big of a move, you're going to make the whole thing wobbly again. And that makes everybody sad, basically. Right. So sometimes in family homeostasis, the parents will, or the whole family system, it's not just the parents, might look at the kid and say, okay, you need to move, you need to move, you need to move, you need to do something different, right? And the kid starts to move and the parents are like, oh, wait, this is uncomfortable for me. So let me kind of put you back to where you were, right? Completely subconsciously, right? Yep. Typically. I like your example. Yeah. 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 So one thing that if we want to get some movement, some shifting in our family, we don't have to just wait for the kid to make the first move. Because what happens if I take a big giant step to the left, right? And I shift my balance. Mm-hmm. What's going to what's gonna happen? Yeah. All of us are falling. It's, it's going to get wobbly again. But then everyone else will adjust to find yep. the, the balance. Yeah. Right? 
So we can change our kids' behaviors by making changes ourselves. Yeah. In how we're approaching. So if we start with the validation, if we start changing our language, if we start not run, rushing in to fix it, that will create change in our kids. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I love yeah. I love that analogy. Yeah. I've never heard that analogy, but it's like you imagine like everybody it's it's beautiful because we're all mm-hmm. on this this platform and mm-hmm. it's right. You're so right that with movement you know, with the kids moving, they're not going to know what to do. They're not going right. to know, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. know how to control those emotions. Mm-hmm. But with us doing it, we're now, it's coming from a teaching perspective, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. What would yeah. you say is the final step to help our teens who are cutting? So the final step that I recommend for parents to help um, with their teens that are cutting is to regulate yourself. Yeah. And what that looks like is being able to tune into your own emotions as the adult. Yeah. Right. And not having those be the thing that your kid is reacting to, mm-hmm. right? That you've got to handle your own emotions. Yeah. And it sucks and it hurts. Yeah. And, you know, you might need therapy. I was just going to say, like, that's that you take that to your therapist. Yep. Yeah. Right, because that's you're the grown up here. Yeah, you're the grown up here, and and it hurts though, absolutely. Right, so when we have that high reactivity too, what we're kind of messaging to our kids is your behavior is upsetting me. Yep. Right, so now the kid not only feels their depression, but now they feel shame and guilt mm-hmm. on top of it. Right, because yeah, I have to worry about my mom's. Exactly. I can't upset her. She's not going to love me. She's not going to exactly, me. exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So the more we can regulate ourselves and say, like, and do that self validation that we're trying yep. to teach our kids how to do. Right. Yep. Do do it out loud. The kitchen. Right. Yeah. Say like, who? Okay, I'm really steamed right now. Okay. All right. That, yep. It makes sense that I'm feeling this way. I need a few minutes. I'm going to go collect myself and narrate this, mm-hmm. Nar- narrate this because you're also modeling and showing your kids yeah. how to regulate, Yeah, right? So I, I, I say I'm talking to myself all the time, but it's really me teaching my kids how to do this for themselves, mm-hmm. right? And regulating myself because yeah. I have the high sensitivity too. So sometimes I do need to bring myself down Definitely. to a me, place. Me as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I definitely so. I need to say, and there are times where I have also after it's like I handled that so wrong. Mm-hmm. I I I went about it, and mm-hmm. can I get a do over? Mm-hmm. Um, or I really need to apologize. Right. Right. I and that's really the, need to apologize. That's so right? huge to be able to mm-hmm. say to your kid to show that we're all flawed, that we're all imperfect, right, yeah. and that we can we can screw up and repair. Absolutely. Right. And we do this in therapy, in DBT therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not infallible as a therapist. You know, I'll start a session off and say, you know what? I really missed the mark last week. (laughs) Or three hours ago. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Like I totally dropped the ball and I missed this thing that you had said, and I've been thinking about it for the past week. So I want to start here and apologize. Right. So what we're showing is that we can, we can model, we can 
be fallible. Yeah. Right. We, no one's perfect. No, no one's perfect. And it's okay if we get dysregulated, as long as we know that we can catch it, validate ourselves, bring our emotions down in whatever way works for you. Some people, you know, everybody's different. Some people need to go for a walk. Some people take a bubble bath. Some people take a deep breath, right? Whatever you need to do to bring your emotions down, go do that thing. Because by doing that thing, you're teaching your child that this this is something that humans need to do. Yeah. Right? That emotions are okay. Lastly, I want to make sure I um, respect your time. Mm-hmm. When should parents go seek, um, seek therapy for kids? So mm-hmm. if – I'm going to give you some examples. If my kid cut, but they mm-hmm. haven't cut in like months. It's been a couple months. Should I have them go see a therapist? Yes. If my kid cut and mm-hmm. they said that they would never do it again and I totally believe them and the only reason why they cut was because freaking Sally, <laughs> Sally's cutting. Should mm-hmm. she go see a therapist? Yes. Um, if my kid asked me to go to a therapist, mm-hmm. but I'm like, you know, we have like such a good stable home. I mean, they have the mom, the dad. My, my husband's, have I told you? He's like so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like part of every single board there is. And I make my kids mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, and dinner homemade mm-hmm. from scratch sauces. Mm-hmm. But my kid's like asking me for therapy. Should I take them to therapy? Absolutely, yes, in that situation, because the kids know that they have this idyllic life and they're still sad. Yeah. That's where they're going to get really self-invalidating. Yeah. Right? That's the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning. They're telling mm-hmm. you, Mama. That's a big yep. breadcrumb. I always yep. call them breadcrumbs. That's a big yep. breadcrumb. Your kid yep. just left. Pick yep. that shit up. Yep. Yep. Right? You got to respond. You got to respond. And even like these days for every kid going through puberty, mm-hmm. like everything, the, the world is on fire right now. Yeah. We all could use therapy. So like, it doesn't hurt to ask your kid, Hey, what do you think about, you know, you know, you may not need it now, but like, Hey, if you ever wanted to see a therapist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally open about it. Yeah. Right. And you may want to like jump on it as early as possible. Cause I don't know about how you guys are out there, but out here in Massachusetts, you can't find a therapist for yeah, no. ever for six no. months, you no. know? So no, we're you, crazy. We're right. crazy felt, right? Right. So Carrie, thank mm-hmm. you so, so much. Yes. You like literally everything you talk. I'm going to tell you right now, Carrie knows her shit. There's no way <laughs> I'm bringing anybody on. Carrie really knows. And these things Aww. that you covered, totally. Mm-hmm. I 100% back it up. I agree with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you? So for those that want to find yes. you, where can we find you? Yes. So I own Castlebrook Counseling in Westboro, Massachusetts. Uh, so if you have any Massachusetts listeners, uh, folks are licensed there. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a website. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We've got a newsletter. We've got, I just made a new Instagram. So I need uh-huh. some followers. Right. I'm trying to figure it out. Veronica's going to teach me all about Instagram. I'm going to teach her all about yes, it. So, so what it. is your tag name on Instagram? Castlebrook Counseling. Okay. Castlebrook Counseling. Yeah. So um, the five steps, right? You gave us Mm -hmm. um, the top five things parents can do now. How do we get access to that? 
Because that's like, I'm going to tell you right now, that's gold. How do we get access to that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to do even one better than that. So if you um, send a message to an email to info at castlebrookcounseling.com, right? And you put in either the subject line or in the body somewhere, um, podcast. Yeah. Empowered and unapologetic. Yep. Put that, put that in there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'll know that you're listening to this podcast and I'm going to send you, uh, the five things that parents can do right now. And then I'm going to do one better and I'm going to send you a worksheet of what not to say. Yeah. Like things that we try to support our kids, but they read it as an invalidation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. why and mm-hmm. what to say. So there's 25 statements on yeah. this worksheet of what to say that can be validating for your kid. And I want you to take this to your kid. Yes. I want you to show this to your kid and say, hey, what things on this side of what not to say? Like what really, you know, um, frost your cookies here. Yeah. Like what, what really makes you steamed? What's okay to say? And then on this other side of what to say, do all these make sense or would some of them sound ridiculous? Right. Bingo. And then yeah. practice, rehearse it. Don't wait till it's a crisis. Don't wait as t- until the boat is sinking to try to learn how to swim. Yeah. Carrie, right. thank you so much for of being course. on here. You were Thanks amazing. For me. I feel like we owe you money, girl. You gave oh, us way it. too much for free. You're going to give me social media. Hits, so <laughs> like, yeah. it's, a, it's a trade here. We're win, good. win. We're good. Win, win. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, girl. I'll talk to you later. Awesome. Take care. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. 
I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.